this has been fun. Um, but it looks like we're at the end of the spotless summer zone. At the very edge. Ooh. I guess the edge of the spotless summer zone is the uh, ocean itself. Yes. It's kind of like more summer, but yes, the ending of summer, perhaps. Yeah. It's the last visit to the beach before school begins again. Well, um, let's get our feet wet, I guess. Um, hey, it's like a little beat in this water, don't you think? A beat? Like a steady... Oh, look at that. Yeah, I see it. Feels good. Oh, no wonder. This is the oceanic rhythm zone. Oh, there we go. I was wondering why the waves were in perfect time to the music. Hmm. Well, they're also in perfect time with my heart, so... <laughs> let's get this party started, and uh, we'll see if the waves... Maybe they'll, like, even change rhythm with the music or something. Oh, that might be cool. Are you just going to sit in the sand, by the way? I didn't I didn't bring our beach chairs or our lawn chairs because I thought summer was over, but here we are. Uh, no, I think it's important that we stand in the water. Oh, the whole time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Deal. All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons. We also read your testimonials. And sometimes there's a message in a bottle that washes up in the water. Look at that. It's just hitting me in the shin. Should I pick it up and look at it? Yeah, I think, yeah. All right. I don't think any harm can come of that. <laughs> it's from Adam Edge. Ooh, what does it say? Mwahahaha. Hmm. Ominous. Did I say that right? I th I th that's how I would read it, yeah. Mm, okay. Mwahahahaha. Yeah. Hmm. Well, th this is the first of many bottles, it looks like. Oh, yeah, look. There's a whole trail heading out to the horizon. That's odd. Hmm. I'm going to wait over to the next one, um, but I think I know what's going on here. You do? I think Adam Edge is about to uh, take over this episode with all these messages and bottles. Oh, boy. We're going to get a boss dropped on us. Apparently not right away. It looks like it's a little bit of a scavenger hunt of some sort. And it's the final boss. I'm surprised we have any energy left after this boss parade. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll fare well. And I think this uh, oceanic rhythm is actually giving us energy as we, uh, as we play. So, Yes, let's do it. This first track is from the game Valis 4. The track is Title Screen. Composed by Shingo, Murakami, Kawame, and Junta for the PC Engine. Recommended, of course, via Message in a Bottle by Adam Edge. Let's take a listen.
Well, I got this message. Let's take a look. Adam Edge writes, Dr. Light's research note one. If you have found this note, you're en route to confront my greatest creation, the Adam Edge. Aha. It, it is modeled after the Gespenst series of mechs, a phantom machine that was popular during the Super Robot Wars. Oh boy, so it's on. This is like, not only is this a boss rush, but it's one of those games where you have to go through an entire level stage of multiple stages to get to the boss. Wow. That sounds like every game, but what I really what I'm thinking of are the Mega Man games and you're like, "Yes, I beat all the stages. Now it's time to go to Wily Castle." And it's like, "Okay, Wily Castle 1, Wily Castle 2, something else, something else. Maybe some some stages that you've already been through that are redone a little bit with their own bosses of robots that are now combined." And then Wily, and then Wily again, and then Wily again. That's what I'm thinking of. You're making me tired just thinking about <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Well, I have to say, even though you feel like you don't have a lot of energy, I really, I really admired that. Uh, right when the track started, you like pulled out your sword and jumped into the sky. That was really <laughs> good. That shing. Oh yeah. And I'm really impressed that you're just continuing to float over the water like this. How are you doing that? Um, well, I ate a lot of chicken before this, so I'm feeling pretty oh, buoyant. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, how it works. There's also a map inside. Uh, oh, look, I was totally right. Look at this map. Yeah. We're going to a fortress. It's kind of hard to read a map in the middle of a giant body of water, <laughs> but I think it's pointing us to that fortress over there. I think that's probably a good conclusion. Let's wade over to the forest while we continue okay. to enjoy these oceanic rhythms. <laughs> Are you imagining that we're actually walking through the water right now? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was imagining a like a an impossible kind of video game sort of still. Like the sprite is in the air jumping and maybe there's wind movement on the garments but nothing else is moving. And I was just kind of imagining we were doing that endlessly, but you know no, what? we're just slogging through the mm -hmm. water. I like your idea better. It works. Let's just stay in this jumping pose above the water, and we'll just have uh, text boxes go underneath us to tell us what's going on. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah. we'll wait for the next bottle to just sort of float our way. Yeah. By the way, um, I'm so crouched over in the air right now. My sword <laughs> is beneath my feet. Yes. You know that one? Yes. And uh, you are floating under the power of some uh, necromantic power, looks like. Yes. And Watch it, my robes billow. Yeah, and it kind of looks like you're giving a sort of blessing or something like that, but maybe it's a curse. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see as we go along. Yeah, but notice how my robe is like a four-frame animation, not just like a two-frame flutter. Oh, yeah. I put a lot of effort into that one. And every once in a while, I blink. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Completely off topic, slightly off topic, mostly off topic. Mm. Uh, Nathaniel, my husband's been playing this game called This War of Mine, which is super cool. I'm not going to get into it, but they have little, uh, little cards at the bottom of the screen that represent each of the characters, and... The characters are represented by actual photographs of people, 
but they do have a two-frame blink animation. And it's really funny to be looking at a photograph of a person and seeing them blink. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you were doing right there, yes. That's funny. And seeing them blink as if they were a sprite. It's just a funny... It was... It just tickled me so much. It was a perfect combination of things. Anyway, what do you think about this tune? I think this is a great start to the adventure, right? I like its balance of intensity and smoothness. It's like uh, sometimes you're just bobbing in the water and then there's like a couple big waves, you know? Yep. And like, are you going to surf this wave or are you just going to let it hit you? Yeah. <laughs> and spin you around underwater. You're right. I like that description. The balance of the intensity and the smoothness. This feels very, uh, you know, although I said it was ominous, that mwa-ha-ha-ha-ha note that we got. This tune makes me feel like uh, things are going to go well, or at least that we think they're going to go well. Mm. Oh, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. hope that we succeed. Have you ever uh, just played in waves? You have, right? You mean just in the ocean? Yeah. Yes. Did you ever, like, get spun around and, like, slammed on the dirt inside of a wave? Yes, I have, in fact. Did you like that, or did you think it was bad? Well, the particular memory I'm thinking of was when I was very little, and uh, I was standing by the water, and I got, I guess I was too close, and I got caught by a wave and pulled in. And what I remember is hitting the ocean floor and then swimming towards what I thought was the surface and then hitting the bottom of the ocean again Whoa. and being really disoriented by this. I wasn't very deep, I'm sure. But the moment when you hit the ground, when you think you've been swimming towards the surface and you think you're going to get a breath is an incredibly jarring experience. It yeah. takes like a second for you to even realize what has just happened to you. Oh man, that'd be scary if actually that was the surface, but it suddenly became solid and you couldn't oh, get Oh no! <laughs> Gametizing your life. That'd be scary. Then you'd have to pull out your uh, blaster or whatever. That's right. Your bombs. Have you ever had this experience? I think I've had it many times. Uh, I think it's kind of fun. I think I always probably thought it was kind of fun. But it's yeah. sort of like, why are my parents letting me fight this uh, force of nature right now? <laughs> because I kind of felt like I was in some sort of aerial Dragon Ball fight. Or just like... Oh, sure, yep. Or just some something could just pick you up and then slam you against the wall. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And hold you down and stuff. Yeah, I, um, I really do. Of all bodies of water, the ocean is my favorite. And I do love playing in it, and but I do have, uh, you know, you experience a lot of things when you're just messing around with, like you're saying, a huge force like that. Do you open your eyes underwater in Some, the ocean? Sometimes, just to check it out, to see how much I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Different bodies of water have different, or different oceans have different uh, visibility underwater. Right. I feel like somebody somebody told me not to do that at some point. Not my parents. I feel like it's just accepted that you shouldn't open your eyes under the ocean, but I'm not really sure why, because it's not like it really hurts or anything. Well, you, what I do is usually just uh, 
blink them open, like a reverse blink, just to <laughs> see what I could see, take a mental image. And, you know, I guess in your case, you'd know which way was the surface. Right, in that yeah. Case. Yeah. Can I, uh, is it possible for me to tell, can you demonstrate a reverse blink in your jumping oh, pose, sh- or is that just going to look the same as a regular blink? Oh, sure, I can, no, I can do it. Ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> yes, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Blinking skills. You got a good blinking skill tree going on. Mm, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, just average winking skills, though. Oh, well, you know. You have to make those difficult decisions when you put your skill points places. Yeah, it's true. Winking skill, reverse blinking. Oh, you know, I want them both, though. Ah, reverse blink. The trick about the winking skill is, like, you can start to develop it, but if you ever do it wrong and kind of confuse somebody, then your points go all the way back down to zero. Oh, a high stakes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, if they're like, what? Why are you doing that? Then all of a sudden, mm, back to zero. You've wasted all your uh, skill jars or whatever they are. Well, Emily, it looks like we've gotten a step closer to the fortress in the ocean. <laughs> While staying perfectly still. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think in order to make the next uh, sort of leap on the map, we should listen to another song. And fortunately, okay. I've been hoarding all these bottles full of uh, recommendations as we've moved along. Oh, I didn't even see you do that. Mm-hmm. A true ninja. You can have this one. Oh, thanks. All right, so let's open up this one. I can't open it. Can you open it, Josh? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Our next track comes from Mega Man X. This is Sigma Stage 1. Composers Setsuo Yamamoto, Makoto Tomozawa, Yuki Iwai, Yuko Takahara, Toshihiko Horiyama. And this was for the Super Nintendo. So let's continue our journey. going to go ahead and just read this uh, this next note we got here. Dr. Light's Research Note 2. 
In science, the atom's edge can be considered the atom's outermost electron. However, this machine's namesake is taken from Odin of Final Fantasy origin. Also known as the Zantsuken and steel-bladed sword, Odin's skill with the sword was unparalleled. Legend has it his strikes were so precise, so accurate, that they split their target apart at the atomic level, the atom's edge. He unfortunately met his end when lightning struck his sword. Hmm. Wow. Some interesting mythology going on here. Hmm. It's almost like a dimensional blade. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you can split something at the atomic level, you'll be creating all sort of like uh, 11th dimension subatomic particles or something like that. Right. You have to be careful not to like rip into this the fabric of reality you can't just be swinging that thing everywhere or maybe that's what you want maybe that is what you want Ooh. maybe that's the purpose yeah hmm. and maybe that's how you split like kill somebody's soul so they can't come back to life because <laughs> that also exists in the uh dimensional level the soul mm-hmm. right right so it's like the the full annihilation of an individual Mm, yeah. This is split them on this level. Because it's like you're cutting them, you're cutting their matter apart from time or something like that. So, um, you know, as we're discussing this, we're realizing that we're just, we're talking about our final boss, right? Like this is, this is what we're going to be going up against. Um. As someone who can, who can annihilate us utterly. I'm pretty By splitting our soul on the subatomic level. Yeah, this is um, yeah. this is getting kind of serious. I'm starting to think too that maybe they'll like just break the the Sega Genesis if it hits me or something like that. You oh, know. like the the console within which we are. Mm-hmm. It's a so, Genesis, right? Are are we a Genesis game? Is that the question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what my vote would be. But I, well, yes. Technically, yes, because Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was for the Sega Genesis. We could be an arcade machine, though. Mm. It's kind of hard to tell when you can't get outside of your own reality to objectively look at it. I think we're, yeah, but I think we're a Sega Genesis game because I've been using just these three buttons the whole time. Oh, okay, that's a giveaway, I think. Yeah, there were a lot of menus and stuff, um, and it seems like this game has more memory than any Genesis game before it but are we uh, does that mean we're in a neo geo though well there's four buttons oh, on that good question well i hmm. i don't know maybe i just haven't pushed the other button we haven't found it yet <laughs> maybe i'll find it later this episode or something like that try something. it out actually hey patrons if the vgm jukebox were a game for a console what console would it be on and don't you dare say PC, even though that's the accurate, <laughs> correct Steam. answer. Oh, no. A Steam, we're a Steam game. We're a point-and-click. Scum VM. So, yeah, so we're going to be going up against some kind of serious situation here. Mm-hmm. I think the music is reflecting that the stakes have just been raised. Yeah. Very, my very soul's existence is at stake. <laughs> yes, it's you can feel it just radiating a little bit more inside of you. By the way, yeah, I like the idea that we kind of accidentally came up with right now, which is that like the soul is a dimensional 
uh, construct or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. We're talking about consciousness before as being like a high, like a sort of um, very high concentration of interactivity, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. But what if it's not just that? It's interactivity through time, past and future, and it's all connected. And that's why we feel like we have a soul or something like that. So are you saying that you you have to be in the time stream to be conscious? Like you have to be interwoven into this fabric? Yes, and I guess things... I mean, that would make, that would make sense because uh, I've read books about uh, neurological conditions where people have kind of, they've lost the ability to re- reflect on themselves, sort of. How do I explain this? Holy crap, Adam Edge has already been out there terrorizing these people it's terrible <laughs> there's uh there, there's a book that, it actually gets uh assigned a lot for summer reading it's and i think we've talked about it before the man who mistook his wife for a hat by dr oliver Sacks, mm. who is no longer with us sadly but he describes in that book people who are uh afflicted with certain neurological conditions and there's if i remember this right i'm it, it was it's been a while since i've read it but there was a man who had a neurological condition where he could not remember his sense of self. So if you suggested something to him like, oh yeah, I'm here to pick up the donuts I pick up every day, he would immediately just assume the role of Baker because he had nothing that he could reflect upon in his own mind to figure out where he fit into the narrative of the world. So he would just pick up that cue and then talk to you as if he were your baker because he had nothing else, no other context to go on for the conversation. And um, something that Dr. Oliver Sacks wrote about was that the people who worked with this guy felt sadder for him sometimes than for other patients because... They felt as if he had lost. They they described it kind of this way that they felt like he'd lost his connection to his own soul, that he kind of became a a non entity. So I just feel like that fits in with what we're talking about. That's interesting. And uh, I heard another story about a neurological disorder, and I don't totally remember the details of it. But some it was somebody coming out of a coma, and it was like every fifteen seconds they their entire conversation would reset and they would say the exact same series of things. So it'd be like, Oh, where am I? Uh, what's your name? And the phrasing and everything about it was exactly the same. And it just got longer and longer until she was totally conscious. But for a while it was like, she was in some sort of a, like a record skip, like a record skip. But it's weird because it, it makes you, think that if you don't have any connection to your past or your uh specifically your past i guess that you are sort of a robot you'll be an automaton yeah just repeating uh like a like an alexa or something right yeah that's that is interesting how uh how important the connection to some kind of chronology is in being able to navigate so so like I guess what we're getting at is, you know, if a person is living fully in the present, they lose some things that we think of as being hallmarks of being part of humanity, kind of. Yeah. And that's why we're very scared right now. (laughs) Yeah, that is why we are terrified right now. (laughs) 
Uh, well, look, I'm about to touch down on this beach, I think. I'm just gonna slowly drift down, because I think we've arrived at this fortress. Alright. I'm gonna climb up on these rocks. Well, okay, wait a minute. There's gotta be an easier <laughs> way in, right? Like, supervillains who build these giant fortresses typically have a very ornate front door. But I'm not really seeing an ornate front door. Uh, but I feel like... There's gotta be... You know what? All right, hang on a second. Okay. I'm going to just dip into my inventory for a moment. You might want to get down from there, actually, if you can. Uh, how about I just hide behind this big rock right here? Okay. Just make sure you're really kind of nestled in there. Okay. I'm just going to go through my inventory, and I'm going to pull out this cannon arm that we got many episodes back. And I think I'm just going to blast my way through this wall. Does that sound okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, hang on tight. Here we go. Well, that worked. Are you all right? Yeah, just a little um, covered in ash, but other than that... <laughs> hey, it's Mega Man X. Oh, hey, it is. What's up, Mega Man? What are you doing here? It looks like he had his Mega Blaster fully charged up, too. And But I guess since you already took care of that, he doesn't... He doesn't need to do anything. All right. Oh. Oh, man, he looks really disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thanks. Maybe I should have been a little bit more patient and waited for the cutscene. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, if we need you for something else, though, we'll call you. <laughs> is that, no, wait a minute, though. Mm. Mega Man X is Mega Man... Is, is there a Mega Man X? That, or is it that the name of the game? There is a Mega Man X. He's, there is a Mega Man X, okay. Yeah. he. I think he has, like, some white on him or something like not just all blue okay i'm not far enough into the mega man lore to know so i was wondering if uh you know all right well anyway hey mega man bye he's already gone he was really mad that you thought his name was <laughs> mega man 10 right now well you know or that he was mega man but just in the game all right you know what sorry this is a sega genesis game dude what do you expect from me well, let's go in. Yikes. Well, you're not getting invited to his wedding. <laughs> um, as we go in, how about we change things up? I've got another bottle here. Yeah, please. All right. Adam Edge has also recommended Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, the song Whirlwind, composer Masayuki Nagao, Hirofumi Murasaki, and Morihiko Akiyama. This was for, well, you know, it's going to sound really good on this system because... It's going to sound great. It's for the Sega Genesis. So let's take a listen.
All right. Adam Edge writes, <clears throat> Dr. Light's Research Note 3. I created this machine to guard the void, a portal that can transport users across time, space, and parallel dimensions. It is said a sword-collecting warrior named Gilgamesh dwells there. He has been seen in various realities. Perhaps he knows the Void's secrets. I just gotta say, I love how you said Gilgamesh right now. <laughs> it was Gilgamesh. a little weird. It you did the Santaman thing to Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah, that was... I'm feeling a little Gilgamesh today. <laughs> I just really like that. I really like that we chose this track to walk through the, uh, you know, the tunnel that you yeah. formed. Especially because we are now in a mech, obviously. Mech feel. Maybe we're just in the legs of the Magmax uh, mech, striding our way through. But uh, regardless of whether we are or not, if we were in a mech, our gasoline would be full right now off mm. of this track. Yeah. For sure. It's making me feel awesome. I'm feeling very confident right now, even though we're heading towards certain annihilation that we're going to be all right, just from this tune. I don't know if Adam Edge is trying to bolster our confidence to make us, you know, more prone to error in our hubris, but I'm going to go with it. It also sounds like the Void might be able to, uh, you know... Get, we might be able to get our souls back from the void since it goes to parallel dimensions. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Or even just it can transport users across time, space and stuff. So what yeah. if like, uh, you know, if one can harness the power of the void, can one transport their soul and not their body? So like, mm. if the death blow of the subatomic, you know, soul smash were about to hit into you, could I use the void to kind of pop your soul out to sort of keep it safe? Perhaps in one of these bottles? Oh, I think I know where my soul is, actually, if you really need it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know that part of uh, JT's dissertation where everybody is supposed to touch their um, listening oh, yeah. devices? Yeah. Yeah, you have to go back to that point. <laughs> There's like a lot of souls there, so you have to figure out which one is me. That's funny. But I'll be there. This is like a, a, a hoax crux situation from Harry Potter. It's like putting putting pieces of your soul in different places so that uh, you can't be felled by one yeah. subatomic yeah. slice. Here's a yeah, because that's a real question that I wanted to ask. Like, after we're gone, you know, from this earth, if somebody is still listening to this podcast and they get to that part of JT's dissertation and they touch. Aww. You know, the little uh, listening gadget in their eye or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to touch their eye. Yeah. <laughs> will, they, will they be connecting uh, with our souls? To us, across space and time? Yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting thought. You know what's funny is I used to kind of think about that in a, in a similar way with the Beatles, which is why I think it's funny because you're like the world's biggest Beatles fan. But oh, yeah. when George Harrison died, I remember going back and listening to the records that we had and just thinking about how I was listening to a recording where half of the people on the recording were now deceased. But mm. I'm hearing this, you know, spot in time 
that is captured forever when they were all alive and kind of thinking about it as time travel as opposed to just, oh yeah, I'm listening to them singing the song, but it's like, I'm listening to this moment that occurred mm. when they were all together. So maybe, maybe we're all going to be captured in, in that one Mahjong tile in the ephemera of everyone's electronics. I felt a similar kind of experience to that, I think, one time. And it's funny because I had like a similar thought. I was watching like a Jimi Hendrix video or something like that. Mm. And to me, he was always dead. I mean, ever since I was born, you know. Right. But at the same time, he was always alive. Mm. Yeah. You didn't have the change. There was no change in his status. Yeah, and yeah. He, he emanates so powerfully through the media that he's in, both visually and uh, musically. So kind of feels like he's still with us in the way that it really matters or something. Yeah. Kind of going along these lines, I'm sort of, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, actually, Josh. So mm. at the most recent Super Bowl, during the halftime show, oh. we had Justin Timberlake back. Uh, for the first time since the debacle mm. from our, our younger days, but he sang along and played piano along with footage of Prince, Shh. even though Prince had specifically stated that he felt that uh, doing such a thing to sing along with footage or recording of another artist, to him personally, I forget how, how he phrased it, but he phrased it pretty strongly, like he felt like it was not blasphemous, but kind of almost spiritually wrong. He made a statement like, mm. if I was supposed to be singing with X person, then we would have been born at the same time to do it, and we would have done it then. But uh, I guess I'm just sort of curious from your position as a musician, how you feel about the idea of taking footage from an artist who's no longer with us and kind of reappropriating it into something new. And whether or not that's a beautiful thing, or if that's sort of, you know, doing it against the artist's wishes, because hmm. you'll never really know if it's their wish, unless they explicitly say it like Prince did. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I can... I don't really have a strong opinion on it, although I will say, I guess, in experiences where that does... or I have seen that happen without the knowledge or the wishes of the original artist, it does feel like something's missing. Like, uh, even though the Beatles got back together to do Free as a Bird with the John Lennon uh, demo. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. I guess, you know, it doesn't bother me. The Prince thing felt pretty... To me, I was just, like, kind of bored. I felt like yeah. it was kind of sh- hollow and I don't know why. I'm sure Justin Timberlake really loves Prince, but, like... He, I don't think he does. They have a rivalry. <laughs> or they had a rivalry. I which can- also made it more weird. I can't even think about Justin Timberlake as a person. I think he's like a fame robot or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, he really hasn't lived a huge deal of normal life. So, I don't I don't know. I just feel like I don't connect to him, really. Yeah, sure. And, <clears throat> I mean, starting off, yes, it was hard for you to learn how to dance, you know, when you were 17 years old. But ever since then, he's been a millionaire. Right. But, um... Was it? Oh yeah, but then uh, actually, George Harrison's last album, he recorded it with the wishes that it be completed after his death. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah. So he knew, 
He knew he wasn't going to be a part of the production process, but he recorded it uh, in a way that everybody could follow along with it. And uh, Stuck Inside a Cloud comes off pretty well. It actually all comes across very well, that album. So yeah. it feels like his presence is there. Oh, that's weird that like, who, like the, the intentions of the artist actually affects whether or not they can uh, reappear in that sort oh, of in, yeah moment. interesting well you know what it was that George Harrison said I'm gonna live a little piece of my I'm gonna leave a little piece of my soul here in this recording that I know isn't gonna be finished yeah. I'm entrusting it with you, you so you can key. still mesh with it <laughs> yeah. yeah and you can still make magic out of it even when I'm not here Uh, Emily, don't look now. But mm. well, we are completely surrounded by enemies. Okay, actually, you do have to lurk. Oh. But I have an idea. Okay. Technically, we're in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Sure. And my yellow bar is completely full. So if you and me dance exactly in sync, uh, I think the enemies will follow along and it will drain them of all their energy. Okay, I think it's worth a shot. Ready here. This is as good a video game plan as ever has been. Put on this uh, fedora. Is that what kind of hat it is? Yeah. And I'll or wear a, uh, a trilby, maybe? I think it's a fedora. The bigger one, fedora. Yeah, and I'll wear this one. Ready? Okay. Okay. Wait. Three. Wait. Uh. <laughs> are we dancing to the next track, or are we just dancing right now? I think we have to... Uh, get through all these enemies right now to get to the okay. final boss. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm ready now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right, we did it. They're all dead. <laughs> that was awesome. It was. Good job on filling your bar or keeping it filled this entire time. Well, you know, the oceanic rhythm definitely helped with that. Nice. Well, now looks like we're at a some sort of gate. Maybe we'll learn more about what this gate's all about on this next track. Here you go, Emily. Here's the next bottle. Oh, thank you. All right. This next track is from Final Fantasy 13-2. I think that's how you say it. Or 13 and a half. I know that's not how you say it, but... I, I definitely don't know. 13 <laughs> 2. 2. The track is Paradigm Shift. The composers are Masashi Hamauzu, Naoshi Mizuta, and Mitsuto Suzuki. This is for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So uh, I guess let's listen to this and get psyched up for whatever's beyond this gate.
Alright, let's take a look at this memo here. Hey Josh, can I have the memo? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Dr. Light's research note four. Beyond this gate lies a significant challenge. One from which there is no return. We are getting that impression. Adam Edge has various modes of attack. It has been known to shift between those combat paradigms at will. Please drink these elixirs before you proceed. They will replenish your HP and MP to 100%. Exploit its weakness if you wish to survive. I like to think that this tune was the elixir because I'm feeling replenished in both HP and MP. Hey, and my yellow bar is totally up too. Oh, it's awesome. My Jackson magic bar. <laughs> We're probably going to need that. So that's a great thing. <laughs> what a little jam this is. Yeah, it's nice. I feel like this is another good balance between intensity and smoothness. I'd also, I think, like, we've been hearing some music kind of like this, I think, on our last episode. It, it was from a fighting game. I don't really remember. Remember which one? Oh, I think it's from Street Fighter Five or something like that. Mm. And um, we're talking about how it's kind of like smooth and jazzy, even though it's a fighting game. This mm. kind of reminds me of that, and it it actually makes me feel like um, a lot of these video games are picking up where disco left off. Oh yeah, let's bring back the disco discussion. Because it's like a you know a heavy mechanical beat, but like melodrama on the strings you know yeah yeah definitely i like that i do like that that string riff that keeps going the entire time that it's always there even when other things are kind of flowing on top of it it sounds like it's always always there in the background and then that awesome bass ear feel so good yeah this is totally a dance battle track absolutely so we had our dance battle already, but we just I think we're just continuing to dance anyway outside this gate while we decide what we're doing. Yeah, well, that's a shame because we're going to waste all of our uh, Jackson magic before we reach the boss, but it's probably worth it. Oh, no. Well, maybe this is one of those moments where the bar is permanently filled, like it's sort of it's glowing and pulsing, mm. perhaps to the oceanic rhythm. Oh, yeah. And it's you can't deplete it, so you can just use all your special moves. <laughs> Patrons, you should know this entire time Josh really has been dancing. <laughs> he has been doing doing little uh, little Jackson moves. The next thing is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Um, old Michael Jackson hologram. How do you feel about that? Whoa, where did that guy come from? <laughs> hey. It's. Do you have a soul, Mr. Jackson's hologram? Oh. He does. He carries the soul and the impression of all with him. Uh, oh, wow. Does he know how we get through this gate? Um, I I think he Wait, says... Wait, you know what? Mm. Oh, go ahead. What, what do you think he says? We're going to have to confront the boss, I'm sure, at the end of this track. Uh, I yeah. think that's what Michael Jackson's telling us right now. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Then I have an idea. I just want to see something. I'm just going to walk towards the gate. Mm. And it's opening. Okay, so basically we just had to get close enough to it for it to open. Oh, and I'm glad scary. we didn't waste any uh, consumables on it. I just wasn't sure. Sometimes moving a few squares to the right will make a big difference, ladies and gentlemen. Emily, get back. The boss is right there. Ah, 
Oh man, and guess what? He's been dancing along with us this whole time without losing <laughs> any energy. Oh my gosh. This is not his weakness. No. <laughs> I respect this boss. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. I'm sorry. The way you said that. This is not his weakness. Dancing is not this boss's weakness. In fact, okay. I think we're going along with his choreography and we're losing energy. Oh my gosh. Okay, well... What do we do? We were told to find its weakness, but or know its weakness, but we don't know its weakness, so... Well, I still have got all these unreasonable attributes from the unreasonable attribute zone. Let's try to... I don't know. Let's just throw them at him. Oh, I think I've got some, too. So, alright, so we're just gonna start, like, throw... Alright, so... I don't know, I'll try first. Sour bubblegum! That didn't do anything. Mm, giant fist! Nope. Two left feet. I really thought that one would have worked. Giant belt buckle. I'm losing all my unreasonable attributes <laughs> now. Neon fanny pack. Enormous sword. I don't think this is working. Uh-oh. All right, I think we need some, you know what? I think we need some final boss music, maybe. And yeah. then maybe we'll be able to reach deep within ourselves and, and uh, figure out what, what to do here. Oh, good thing I've got another uh, message in a bottle here. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Adam Edge, for, for pausing the battle so that we could, we could read this. Uh, we're in the menu screen right now. Nothing's happening. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, nice. Happening. Good call. Uh, this next song is from The Legend of Heroes, Sora no Kiseki III. The track is Overdosing Heavenly Bliss. It's composed by Ryo Takeshita for the PC and the PSP. Let's have a listen.
Emily. Josh. Do not hit the menu button. Okay. I am not ready. I need to catch my breath before <laughs> okay. we go back to face the boss. So can we just look at our stats and stuff? Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Phew. Uh, the, sa- the safety of the menu screen, yes. And yet this music is still pumping me up. This tune is so good. Look how far we've come. My HP is 541 now. It used to be wow. 12. <laughs> Look at all these items I've accrued. Well, I lost all my legendary attributes, but I still have got a lot of potions, mm. herbs. I've got a lot of spells. I think maybe later I'll just... I think when we come out of the menu screen, I'll just start throwing a bunch of spells at it and see what sticks. Okay. Because also... At this point, my MP is kind of off the chain as well, so um, I can burn through a lot of spells. Oh, maybe you could, like, arrange your spells right now so they go in an order from uh, most likely to least likely to work or something like that. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know if I can figure that out. Well, you have, like, these spell slots, right? And yeah. The order that you see them on the menu right now is the order that you're going to cast them in. Yeah, I know. I just don't know how to know what's more likely to damage the boss. Mm. They're all equally likely because it's an unknown thing. But I'm going to get them ready so they're all going to fire. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I just want to say about this track, um, I know I expressed some withering interest in... uh, non 16 bit and 18 bit I'm sorry 8 bit related music but actually I'm getting more into this like uh all the tracks that have like really melodramatic strings and strong beats I like that especially if it's a little jazzy you know yeah interesting cool hey you've leveled up <laughs> in some ways or you've grown a new skill tree or something I grew a new lobe of my brain yeah <laughs> This track is so good. This track is everything that I want to be feeling when I'm fighting a final boss, really. Mm. It sounds like you're confronting a boss that is challenging, but you're confident that you can you can pull it off, not necessarily that you will, but that it is it is within you and your skills to be able to as long as you kind of play your cards right. But it also sounds like whatever opponent you're going up against also feels the same way. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of like you know when you're you're watching a movie or a cartoon or something, and you just get there's some kind of uh, sort of strange bond that the protagonist and the antagonist share when they mutually respect each other's abilities, mm, yeah. even though they're trying to kill each other. But they're like, that was good, you know, or Ooh, I appreciate that was nice, yeah. uh, or or you feel honored perhaps by fighting this opponent. Uh, that's what I'm getting from this track. This is like two masters confronting each other with utmost respect for each other's skills. Yeah. While still still trying to be the one who lives in the end. Oh, it's like the training montage for both the hero and the villain. And Oh yeah. And you're you as the viewer come to respect both of them, you know? And uh Yeah. Just like, oh, they're like they're like equally matched. Maybe the villain's like a little stronger and more even more dedicated. Right, yeah. Well, actually, I wouldn't say that about this one. This one doesn't have that much of a sinister edge to it. But, uh, yeah. 
I, li- I like that. I like those moments. I like those moments, yeah. I like those mutual respect moments. Oh, you know what? Hey, speaking of sitting on a menu screen, hmm. I thought I'd just uh, note, because it came up, uh, that I was doing this a lot on a game I was playing recently, which was Star Tropics, which was given to us by Wicked, Wicked, Wicked Sephiroth. Can you do it right for me? Wicked Sephiroth! Yes, thank you. Uh, so Wicked Sephiroth uh, gave us some gifts a while ago, one of which was Star Tropics. I grabbed it from you last time I was in L.A. Mm. And I cleaned it up. And uh, not that it needed it, but I just do that with the carts that I get. So I gave it a nice bath. It got a spa day. The cartridge got its own spa day. And then I got really into this game. I, I finished it. Really, it's just such a quirky, bizarre experience that I can only describe as if you've ever used Babblefish, right? And you take something you've said in English and then you translate it into another language like Japanese and then you take that translation and translate that back into English. And then, you, do you know what I'm saying? You're and you saying get, it's bad I'm saying, or it's confusing, uh, right? It's You just get something kind of bizarre at the end. If you take your language, translate it into something else and then translate that translation back into English... You wind up with something kind of quirky. Uh-huh. That is what Star Tropics feels like, except culturally. It feels like a Japanese team of developers got together, watched like a dozen American Saturday morning cartoons, and then tried to make the most like American kid experience game that they could. But it's but so it comes out strange. If that does that make any sense at all? That sounds awesome. It's so awesome, but it's so weird. It's like uh, there will be elements of Japan in there, kind of randomly. Like there is one enemy, one mook that is totally a Zaku, one hundred percent a Zaku. So sometimes you get these little Japanese influences, but then you get all these weird sort of plot hits that feel like they're supposed to be melodramatic, but there's absolutely no context behind them. And the main character, of course, has a weapon that's a yo-yo, and everything's named after soda. It's like, it's such a weird little experience. But anyway, I'm not explaining it very well, but it's a it's a quirky mishmash of cultures that I feel like you could write some really good dissertations on, honestly, if you, st- if you studied it. Mm. But... Uh, but the gameplay was really fascinating, too, and the dungeons were very puzzly uh, and sometimes required your using items that were not... You were not given any description as to what the items did in the manual. You just had to kind of use them until you figured out what was really going on. And uh, more, more than once, I paused the game and just sort of sat there on the pause screen and was like, what am I supposed to do here? So... Oh. This ex- this experience of sitting on the menu screen is is very familiar and comfortable to me. <laughs> is uh is my whole reason for talking about this and to thank Wicked Sephiroth because I really really enjoyed Star Tropics. It was very fun. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to play that game. I'll pass it back. For shame. Yeah, no rush on that. I'm still trying to beat um, M- Minish Cat. Uh huh. I just cannot find this book. Actually, I found the book. I don't know how to get it off its shelf. It's one of those situations. Oh, sure.
Well, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, yes. I think I'm ready for this. Okay, I'm going to move the cursor to exit menu. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now. Sleep. Blizzard. Slow. Hold. Confuse. Haste. Fire. Blizzara. <laughs> Sleepra. Scourge. Oh, this is not really going very well. Heal. Heal. Oh, okay, Josh, casting on you. Float. Oh, thank you. Quake. Uh, blind. Break. Blizzaga. Saber. Uh, okay, I've only got one left, so here we go. It is... Okay, what just happened right now? We've got another character who just wandered into our game. I was gonna cast Thundara, but she just brought down a giant thunderbolt and has incapacitated the boss. Huh. Cool. Hey, uh, so what's your name, lady? Bullet Witch Alicia, huh? Never heard of ya. <laughs> Man... All right, well, now I know how Mega Man X feels. <laughs> but that was cool. Alicia, that was very cool. Yeah, thanks. Your graphics were, were more advanced than anything I've ever been able to produce, so hmm. that was very cool to see on this system. I don't know. I think your Thundara would have done something. Oh, thanks. Yeah, maybe. But I'm willing to concede to a, to a fellow user of witchcraft that kill so hey we didn't get our souls sliced in half that's awesome yeah that's great um should we uh so so one thing i'm a little bit confused about here though yeah that was adam edge right this boss we just went up against i don't really know do you think this last bottle will tell us Maybe. Uh, and I'm going to maybe start going over there and seeing if, if he's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why don't we listen? Why don't we open up this last bottle and then ponder on what we're going to do from here? All right. This last track is from Super Robot Tyson, OG Saga Endless Frontier. The track is Land of Twilight. The composers are Takuya Hanaoka and Naofumi Tsuruyama. And this was for the Nintendo DS. And, uh, all right, let's listen to this and see what happens.
All right. This final note says... Dr. Light's Research Note 5. If you are reading this note, you have passed the test. Before you is the portal, the entrance to the void. Even I do not fully comprehend what lies beyond. Where will it take you? What does your future have in store? Only you can find the answer. Farewell from the Endless Frontier. Emily. Josh. Would you put that sword down and stop cutting your nails with it? I'm pretty sure your nails will never grow back if you cut it with the Atom Edge. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't thinking. Just working on autopilot there. I was thinking about our battle and our journey. I'm wondering... Mm. I'll just keep this blade very, very safe, by the way. Um, I'm wondering if... So, Adam Edge, this final boss we just went up against, Mm. he's totally intact. He's just... It seems like his power's been cut for the moment. So, I was just pondering on whether or not his soul was actually in this device or what, and if we should extricate it or if we should revive... I'm trying to figure out... How we save this robot without just starting the final battle all over again, basically. Well, I've got a thought. Okay, what's the thought? I mean, yes, you could use a necromancer spell, but then he'd come back undead and maybe not quite the same. Yeah. But maybe he's just gonna power back up the next time another adventurer shows up. Oh, maybe. Because he's that makes a lot of sense. He's intact, and he still seems to have uh, that plug attached to the AC adapter. So I think he'll be ready to come back on the next time somebody needs right. a challenge. Yeah, I'm looking him over, and I really i don't I don't see any lasting damage really. So I think this was basically just an electrical short. So okay, I'm feeling a little bit better about this because I. Uh, you know, I'm he, just a little bit worried. He was just here for us. Okay. You know what's funny, though? Just to step outside of the fiction for a second, describing it that way is making me think about video game bosses and castles as kind of being like the equivalent of an amusement park ride, where it's like, okay, an adventurer <laughs> gets to go through and have the adventure and then, like, kill the boss. And then then they just go on with their day, but then everything regenerates, and then the next hero gets to have the adventure and do the exact same thing, but everybody thinks that, like, they were the hero. That's funny, and it's kind of, like, uh, uncanny as you walk to the next room and the boss is kind of just standing there in the dark or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, so wait, hold on a second, though. Maybe this is the future of amusement parks, because you know how there are those puzzle rooms that people do? Where you go in with a group of your friends and you're put in a room and you have to solve some kind of puzzle to get out. Oh, yeah. Like, what if you actually designed a series of puzzle rooms that was supposed to kind of emulate that format of going through a castle and fighting a final boss? And maybe in the final room, maybe you actually have to do something maybe slightly physical or with much more of a time crunch or something to kind of approximate the experience of, of playing a video game and doing that. Does that make any sense? I think they have tried to, uh, d- um, you know, build in interactivity to different rides to varying degrees of success. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, uh, I guess, the Buzz Lightyear ride or something. But all that really gives you is a score. But, yeah, I, I always wish that there was, like, a little bit more interactivity. Like, I like the idea of 
maybe you're on the Indiana Jones ride, and if you don't shoot the snake enough times, you get, like, the bad ending or something like that. Right, yeah, yeah. But then... Yeah, I don't know. But then the bad ending might be more awesome. Sometimes mm. the bad ending is more awesome. But that would just... See, now that would just be smart from a business perspective, because then the amusement park folks could say, hey, you got to play it enough times to get all the endings. Yeah. Now that is the way to secure a lot of people going on your rides forever and ever. Build in eight different endings and don't tell them what the requirements are to satisfy them. That's funny that you mentioned the Indiana Jones ride, though, because uh, this is the one where you're in the Jeep, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I this is at Universal Studios, right? Uh, it's not Disneyland over here. Is but it, it Disneyland? Be, yeah, I, f- I forget. I went to Disney. I went to Disneyland and Universal Studios like back to back, so I can't sometimes remember which which ride was where. Mm. Uh, but when I was on the Indiana Jones ride, I kind of I tried to hang back enough so that I could time it so that I was the person behind the steering wheel because I actually wanted to move the steering wheel as if that actually mattered. Mm, so yeah. I was trying to bend the, t- the Jeep around the rock and stuff. So I get it, yes. <laughs> I wanted to get that good ending. Did you, did you do it? I did it! Yeah, we, we totally were fine. My driving skills got us through that, uh, that amusement park ride. That was really fun, actually. I liked that ride a lot. That was really scary when uh, the ball start, started rolling down and you decided to drive under the giant ball. <laughs> hey, man, you got to make those like split-second twitch decisions sometimes when you're in these games. <laughs> yeah, it's a, t- it's a twitch shooter. <laughs> yes. Well. All right, well, should we clean this place up? I mean, did we... I guess everything just takes care of itself, huh? It looks like things are kind of starting to reset. I think the enemies have repopulated outside the gate over there. Probably the the hole I blasted in the fortress is gone. Yeah, I can see the bricks slowly starting to rebuild themselves over there. It's crazy. Maybe that's why Mega Man X was so mad. That's like his job. His job is to stay there and wait for adventurers to come, and then he blasts open the wall. That's like his moment of glory that he does 50 times a day for people coming to this fortress, and I just took it away from him. Mm. Mm. I do feel kind of bad about that. Forward my apologies to Mega Man X, if anyone can hear this. I guess there's one thing left to do, and maybe uh, Mega Man X and his um, gripes can't reach us from our next uh, situation, which is on the other side of this void. Yeah. So we're actually going to go through this? I guess we have to. There's no other way out, huh? Are we still going to be in oceanic rhythm zone if we do? I think there are a lot of unknowns to this. I mean, I'm going to assume so. I'm going to try to guide us back. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, what I like about oceanic rhythm zone is just the idea of just submitting to the will of the tides, you know? Just going with the flow. Well, I think we're going to have to go through and we're going to find out. But before we do that, why don't we thank our track recommender, our boss for this episode, Adam Edge himself. Yay, everybody claps. Are you saluting him? Yes. Are you saluting his fallen robot body? (laughs) Yes. For everything you've done for us, sir. Yes. (laughs) Are you keeping that blade, by the way? Um, I mean, I was going to. I kind of feel like... 
I mean, from the necromancer's perspective, we always kind of want to keep items like this sort of within our uh, mm. our occupation, because, I don't know, can we just trust regular mortals with this? I might want to use it later. I know I am a regular mortal, but I really want to see uh, what would happen if I like made dinner with it or something like that. <laughs> well, you are also, your skill points in uh, axe wielding are very high, so... I think I could trust you with it for, yes. like, you know, a dinner. <laughs> you just gotta be really careful, okay? Alright. Okay. It's in your inventory now. Yes! Oh. And thanks to Electric Boogaloo for vetting our composer information. Uh, by the way, thank you, Adam Edge, for being a part of the Patreon. Yep. As one of the bosses on patreon and thank you to everybody on the patreon for supporting our show yes absolutely and to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions please uh write some more suggestions um maybe you could go to our facebook page and uh, share your recommendation there or if you're feeling a little more extroverted go to the vgm podcast fans page on facebook and share it with people who listen to all sorts of uh, VGM podcasts. You can write a little testimonial, too. Try to make everybody cry. Oh, that would be really great if people actually did that. Yeah. Kept submitting tracks and testimonials and just posting them up randomly on one of the Facebook groups. Oh, that warms my... my... Or just around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, next time you're at somebody's wedding and there's a box for you to put in, like, wedding wishes, mm -hmm. just write down a, a video game song you like and then write a testimonial and drop it in there. Yeah, and a YouTube URL. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you oh wanna, my god, that'd be hilarious. If you want to email us, we're at insertcoin at thevgmjukebox.com, and you can send us mail, if you still want to, at the VGM Jukebox, P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California. Nine zero zero two six. Follow us on Twitter at VGMJB, and if you want to find us individually there, uh, as you pass through the void, Josh is at Josh Adachi again, and I am at Keyglyph. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and remember to rate and review us at the iTunes Store. Join the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash the VGM Jukebox. And be sure to check out the bulletin board at the end of the episode to see what music and video game and podcast related projects your fellow patrons are up to. Yeah, we had some really interesting ones uh, recently appear. Yeah, there's been some bulletin board action. And there's a lot of cool things happening in the VGM community at large. So definitely try to mm -hmm. try to key into those things. We might still have... A spot left for you on the bulletin board, but you have to let us know soon. Right. Through Facebook or email. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yes. Um, I feel like I had something. There was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, hmm. before we go through this void, we yeah. don't have to do it right now, but we should definitely do... We should repeat that jumping freeze frame that we had before when we were going over the ocean, because I feel like that's... That's how this would end. Oh, through the void? Like... Yeah. Okay, the exact same so we'll... sprite, but just a different background. Exactly. And it's the void. Yes, exactly. Well, that's you a good got idea. It. You got it. Okay, ready, go!
Oh, my items are different because I left them all in that last room, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> my sprite's right. a little different. Yeah, I'm not holding a giant sword now. I'm holding a a bag of gold. Yes, I think I look about the same. Well, we're gonna see where this void takes us whenever we make it there. So uh, we will see everybody next time. And as you all know by now, you mean so much to us. And you always will. Hi everyone, I'm Ed, former co-host of Pixel Tunes Radio. I've been working on a new VGM podcast and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. It's called The VG Embassy, and it launches on July 6th, 2018. On The VG Embassy, I'll take the role of the Prime VGM Minister. In each episode, I'll have a guest VG Ambassador on with me to share with us their VGM culture. Sometimes I might even do a solo show to talk about my own passions. I've got some great guests lined up, like Emily from the VGM Jukebox, The Messenger, Cam of Worms, Chiptuner Trevin Hughes, also known as Dread, The Dyad, and a ton of friends, fellow VGM lovers, and podcast hosts. Every show will be tailored to the tastes and style choices of the VG Ambassadors, so you can expect lots of surprises and incredible music. At the VG Embassy, we celebrate games, music, and the amazing individuals who create them. I hope you can join the celebration, too! Catch me on Friday starting July 6th by searching for the VG Embassy on iTunes or visiting thevgembassy.com. See you then! Hey everybody in VGM Jukebox Land, it's Mike and Justin from XVGM Radio. We are a brand new podcast that's debuting on June 13th. Some of you may recognize my voice if you listen to Pixel Tunes Radio. And this is going to be a very familiar podcast, so if you liked Pixel Tunes, you may like this. Episodes will include an intro track plus 10 tracks of video game music that Justin and I have picked, all based around a centralized theme of each episode. There will also be guest callers who introduce certain tracks, about two per episode, so stay tuned for more information down the road on how you can be one of those callers. Justin and I will be the primary hosts of the show, with guests joining us every few episodes, depending on the theme. One commercial per episode, guaranteed. Have fun as we showcase imaginary services and products as if you were listening to a real radio station. It's a fun, lighthearted vibe that gets to the basics of game discussion, but also focuses on what we thought of each track and a brief bit of info about other works the composers have done. We strive for fan interaction, so get ready to tell us what you thought of the episodes, the music, and your favorite tracks, and more. So check out our website at xvgmradio.com. You could also check us out at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash xvgmradio.